Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So I just wanted to talk about a few things about the Warriors before their six-game epic road trip, the gauntlet, as I've called it. And I didn't get to talk about these things after the last game, during the last episode. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to toss out the idea (laughs) before the Milwaukee Bucks game. Uh, Maybe, just maybe, your Golden State Warriors are just fine. Maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? I know it's a stretch and you could say it's an overreaction to one game that really entertaining Celtics win at Chase Center. But maybe, maybe the Warriors are now almost at where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. You know, maybe things like the Draymond Jordan Poole incident uh, or an overestimation of where the young lotto picks were in their development, whether or not they were ready. And, you know, maybe the vets not fully being there, maybe Clay, his legs and his head not being exactly right. Maybe Dante DiVincenzo being out for a couple of weeks with uh, a bad hamstring, his kind of chemistry with the team, maybe all those things combined to put the Warriors in a really, really bad spot. And now that they're starting to sort things out, you know, they've kind of course corrected a little bit. Again, they're just one game above 500 at this point as they embark on the six game road trip. But as I said, after the Celtics game, we saw who they could be. They saw who they could be. Like the bar for this season has been raised in the sense that they know where they have to get to but they also know that they can get there. And if you go back to all those things that I just mentioned, it's like, okay, obviously I have no way of knowing about the Draymond pool thing internally, but you know, for the most part on the court seems to be everything is all right. You know, uh, Draymond is on his best behavior (laughs) and whether or not it's because it's a contract year, he is scoring and shooting better than he has in recent seasons. So his leadership obviously came into play after that Suns game where Clay was just hunting his shot and, you know, they had a big team meeting and all that jazz and things kind of changed after that. Not completely, but for the most part, really did change for Clay Thompson. So that's big. Uh, And then Jordan Poole, he's still up and down, but, you know, he's showing some flashes, especially at home. He has six opportunities to show it on the road. So hopefully that ends up clicking. And then with Dante DiVincenzo, I've talked about how he's looking more and more solid. His rebounding, his shooting, his just comfort with uh, the rest of his teammates and their comfort with him seems to be coming along. And like I mentioned previously, In the Celtics game, when Jordan Poole was kind of iffy towards the end, Dante DiVincenzo closed the game before uh, garbage time. So that means he has Steve Kerr's trust, and I think that'll just continue to grow and grow as long as he stays healthy. And then you look at the young guys, 
this is the the big one that everyone everyone is always pointing at and looking at. So I've talked so much about Jonathan Kaminga and how he has come along and how he's basically graduated from his rookie year finally, right? It's like one of those things. The warrior system is so difficult, you know, that read and react and then just knowing what you're supposed to do and how you can best help the team that uh, something has finally clicked for Kaminga. And it's a beauty to see and it's a lot of fun to watch. And so that is finally happening, right? Preseason and then early into the season, he was on the bench and then he finally broke out and is getting uh, more and more comfortable in that Dallas game. Things clicked and all of a sudden he was like bang, bang with the ball. He knows what to do with it. He doesn't hesitate. And you can see with him that he's not thinking too hard. He's just reacting, trying to make winning plays. He's not trying to avoid mistakes so he doesn't get benched. So I think his trajectory is just going forward. It's almost like you, <laughs> like in a video game, when you pass one level, finally, it's like a really hard level to get past. All of a sudden you're past it and you're on to the next challenge and trying to get past the next level. And you're not going back to the previous one. It's like moving forward. And, you know, you can look at him and just be like, oh, he's shown flashes in the past, but not like this. And then we have Moses Moody, who is, you know, like <laughs> he's riding the pine a little bit of course, and you would like to see him get in games. And I feel like he's close. He's close, you know, uh, but it's just tough for him to crack rotation right now because of Jonathan Kaminga and because of Anthony Lamb uh, and Dante DiVincenzo and even, you know, Andrew Wiggins when he's healthy, right? Like two and three is basically where Moses Moody plays and all those guys take up those spots. But, you know, you just needed at least one of those guys to pop one of the lotto picks and you have Kaminga, right? But then looking forward, right, I've talked about how the Warriors, at least in the playoff rotation, it was where uh, they needed to figure out spots seven, eight, and nine. I talked about that early in the season when they were having so many problems because one through six obviously is figured out with Jordan Poole being in that sixth spot. and. Right now, it's Dante DiVincenzo, it's Jonathan Kaminga, and some combination of Anthony Lamb and Jamichael Green, right? Moody is still on the outside looking in. And right now, being in December, you know, there's plenty of time to figure out that ninth spot. Yes, <laughs> I could be totally like, this could come out to bite me on the butt because they could just go uh, on a really, really terrible streak on the road coming up. But honestly, it's like that feeling of, oh my gosh, this team needs to do something isn't as prominent, at least to me. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there who were like, no, 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 we look terrible. We got to make a move. We got to make a move. We got to move so-and-so and, and this person and get this guy. But just hear me out. When people are clamoring now for Wiseman to be moved for another center or something, let's just take a look you know, at James Wiseman, right? He's been playing pretty well in the G League ever since, coincidentally, ever since that Kaminga breakout game in Dallas. And I mentioned back then, I wonder if James Wiseman saw that and felt competitive or figured out like what he needed to do because he's been really, really focused. And, you know, I talk about with Kaminga, 
being very intentional about what he's doing and very, very mindful, which is one of Steve Kerr's core tenets, right? Being mindful and Kaminga can do a lot more, especially in his mind, but a lot of those things the Warriors don't need. And a lot of those things will lead to turnovers and mistakes and basically not winning basketball right now. And those are the things that James Wiseman is trying to learn and figure out. And he's trying to make those mistakes. And lately he's been sharp. You know, uh, last game, he played 29 minutes, 11 for 13 from the field, 16 boards, two assists, three blocks, 24 points, plus two. They won 122, 111, which is moot. But you look at that 11 for 13, you look at those 16 rebounds, and I haven't watched all the games, but I've watched chunks of the games and I've watched like, you know, replays of the games and I've watched highlights and stuff. And, you know, highlights are always like the best plays, right? But when you watch the flow of the game, you can see that he is playing with more confidence and he's more purposeful. You know what I mean? He's understanding that he can take these guys a lot more because of his size and his athleticism. And he's finding where he can fit in. And I think that's really important for him right now moving forward, right? In the previous game, against the South Bay Lakers, uh, Wiseman, 27 minutes, nine for 10 from the field, four for four from the line, 10 boards, two steals, uh, 24 points plus 29. For all the plus minus gods out there, there's some proof. You know, they won that game 111-100. Again, moot. But you're seeing that his field goal percentage is really, really high. And that means he's taking all those high percentage shots near the basket, and his teammates are also finding him better. So again, these are the things that the Warriors, the big league club, need him to do. You know, there's this guy on the South Bay Lakers, uh, Jay Huff, who in an early G League game, one of Wiseman's first ones down there, I mean, he was getting the better Wiseman, you know? And so even though this is some guy that you've never heard of before, who's just trying to stick somewhere. He had Wiseman's number early on, and now it's like shows some growth that Wiseman is flexing back on him. That dude was playing 30 minutes, five for 16, six boards, 10 points minus 32. So, you know, just that little difference from early on shows me some, some progress. So again, I'm not saying Wiseman is ready. I'm not saying Wiseman is uh, you know, oh, wow, that's the number two pick who's like, you know, I'm celebrating that uh, he's doing well in the G League finally. But, you know, you got to divorce yourself from that number two pick stuff if you're really, really focused on finding what he needs to help this team win the title. You know what I mean? Because if you're hung up on Lamella Ball or missing out on any other guys, then that's moot. Those are like, you can't do anything about that. What you're given right now is the situation that Wiseman needs work, but there are very specific ways he needs to help this team. So I look at the big league club and honestly, I look at those seven, eight, nine spots and the biggest question marks for me are Anthony Lamb and specifically Jamichael Green. Anthony Lamb, like he's a role player, two-way player. Like he'll, if he gets bumped out of the way, that's fine. Hopefully it does happen because you want to see Moses Moody, you know, your lottery pick be more important and like serve a greater purpose on your team than Anthony Lamb. So you're looking for that, right? Uh, but like the biggest question mark on the bench for the Warriors to meet is Jamichael Green, right? Everybody, you know, else has shown me 
a little something, a little bit of flair and what their potential for how they could improve and help this team win, especially DiVincenzo and Jonathan Kaminga. But DeMichael Green is the one guy who kind of just, you know, sputters along for me. You know, every now and then he'll have an impressive dunk or an impressive rebound or, you know, he'll show how tough he is, which is all great, but it's kind of a flat line. You know what I mean? He's not bringing anything close to like what Bielitsa brought last year or what Otto Porter Jr. did in stints in terms of like rising to the moment or an occasion. And, you know, if we're looking for the need for another big off the bench, look at James Wiseman. It's obvious (laughs) for some and reprehensible for others who are just like, oh, don't give me this Wiseman stuff again. But in a way, it's like, the Warriors need him to do some basic things. They need him in by the by the springtime to be able to give like 10 to 12 minutes dependably, barring injuries to Looney or Draymond or whomever else. They need that from him and that only. You know, they need him to be able to do the things that he's doing now in the G League, which is rebound and hit high percentage shots, a lot of which are lobs or pick and rolls or just like point blank. And the more he can do that in the G League, the more he's showing me that, okay, plug him in, plug him in, give him some time in, you know, 2023 to showcase what he can do in the bigs. And I think he can, you know, because all you need, you don't need him to be the number two pick, uh, all-star future guy, whatever come springtime. You would love that. I would love that. But you need him to be dependable. You need him to execute the game plan uh, the same way Jonathan Kaminga does. And you need him to not make mistakes or at least make fewer mistakes, the eye-rolling mistakes, and be sure to contribute to like you know holding on to leads or at least stabilizing whenever he's out there on the second unit. You know what I mean? You just need him to be dependable for now, right? All that other stuff, like his growth, his, um, you know, athleticism, his ability to shoot threes, all those things. Those are things just like Kaminga that he can do, but he's not efficient in those things. And those will lead to uh, mistakes and turnovers and not winning basketball. So for all the folks out there who are saying, you know, he's a bust, let's trade him. Take a step back and just look at what the Warriors will need him for when the time comes. And again, it's just a handful of games in the G League, but it's the intentionality that we see with Kaminga that we're starting to see with Wiseman. And that's the thing where I'd say something has clicked, especially in that Dallas game for Kaminga. We're starting to see, hopefully, things click with James Wiseman. You know, because then all of a sudden, if you can shore that up, then, hey, we <laughs> uh, were kind of where we thought we would be at the beginning of the season. Yes, the Warriors are uh, just one game above 500, but they're only four and a half games out of first. And as I said last season, you're not trying to necessarily get the top seed. You would love it, but you're trying to stay healthy and you're trying to uh, get all the new guys and the young guys ready for the real season, the playoffs, and then you're trying to nail down home court advantage as much as possible. 
The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I talked throughout the early rough part of the season about, like, let's see in 20 games where they're at. And that was a while ago. But by the 20th game, they were, the Warriors, looking better. And I didn't think necessarily that they would be fully formed or that they would have it figured out or that they'd be rolling by game 20. My whole point was, like, let's see where they are and if we're seeing them kind of turn a little bit and we have and we did the thing now is like that's good to go and now it's like let's see where they can end up <laughs> again this upcoming road trip is going to be rough but you know if they come out of this like what three and three good to go you know and if they go two and four or worse you know that'll be rough but of course it'll depend on how they look when they lose those games, are they really close? Do they get blown out? Are they showing some of the bad habits that they had at the beginning of the season? I don't know, but I don't think they will because I think as a team, they've collectively moved forward a little bit. And a lot of the guys that had question marks have taken big steps forward as well. So, you know, we'll see where that goes because then look, right. You look at the uh, seven, eight, nine spots. And then if you can imagine, by January, February, that it's like, you know, DiVincenzo, Kaminga, uh, and then some <laughs> version of Lamb slash Wiseman slash Michael Green slash Moody. Like, you know, you have four guys that you could slot into that ninth spot. And I'm talking about this in terms of the postseason as well. It's like, who will be your rotation? We all know that the rotations get shorter and the Warriors' top six are proven to the core, figuring out who that ninth spot is. That's it. you know. And I think having several months to do that is not unreasonable at this point. You're just trying to hone in and kind of sharpen the, the tools to get to where you need to be. And I think all that is perfectly reasonable moving forward. So you know, again, I'm a Wiseman fan, Wiseman stan, whatever you want to call it. And I always believe that as long as he's healthy, if he gets minutes and gets the reps, then he will get to where he needs to be. And again, for me this season, it's just making fewer mistakes. It's rebounding. It's being big. It's finishing around the rim and not getting pushed around. And he's starting to show those things, right, in the G League. So if he can get there for the big league club, then I think we're good to go for this season. And uh, yes, I'm biased <laughs> against trading the guy, uh, but uh, that's that's where I'll uh, lay it down right now. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. Oh, and lastly, this whole thing about Bob Myers uh, not having a contract, I don't think that's a big deal. 
Like, I think that's something that they'll get worked out. It's pretty clear that Myers, Kerr, Lacob, that they all work well together. Unless there's something beneath the surface that we don't know about behind the scenes, then I think that's all going to be totally fine. It's kind of a non-issue. People bring that up, like Adrian Wojnarowski, then uh, it's just information, right? I think he's, it's information he's tossing out there because, you know, he tosses out the, the info first and whatnot. And who knows, maybe a, a Myers camp leaked that to put some pressure, but I don't think it's anything close to a big deal at all. I think as long as Kerr's around, as long as Steph's around, and as long as, you know, some of his guys that he's drafted over the last several years are around until things go south, uh, I think Myers, as long as he wants to be here, will be here unless <laughs> the only job I can see him ever being called to is rebuilding the Lakers after they fire Palenka, after LeBron is gone. You know, I can see that potentially happening, but who knows? Anyway, but in the short to medium term, I'm not worried about Bob Myers leaving the Warriors uh, at all. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Thank you.